The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. On this week's Court TV podcast, the testimony continues in the Florida death penalty murder trial of Andre Warner. This despite the coronavirus shutdowns occurring in other courts across the nation. Can this jury be convinced of his guilt by the heart-wrenching testimony of the prosecution? Or is his defense creating enough reasonable doubt? Plus, we'll have reactions to the shocking Harvey Weinstein sentencing and developments in Idaho in the so-called doomsday cult mom case. This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinnie Politan and Seema Iyer. Welcome to Court TV's version of the Coronavirus Podcast. I'm Seema Iyer at a social distance from our lead anchor and my partner, Vinnie Politan. Yes, and we're in a different room, so it might sound a little different than uh, most of our podcasts, but we're being safe. Uh, picture this, it, one of those movies with those really rich people <laughs> when they have they have servants and they go down for breakfast and they have that really long <laughs> table and they sit at opposite ends because they really don't like each other. That's that's our setup here in the conference room, which that is perfect. That is it, that is it. Which and, is perfect, uh, it's appropriate, and, and I feel fine. And I'm, and I'm glad you do, and I'm glad we're doing this because... Uh, Hey, listen, you know, I, at first we did this, I, I didn't even record properly because it's, it's, I'm distracted. I, it's hard to really concentrate on anything but what's happening outside of uh, our newsroom, but I'm grateful. I am really grateful that we have work and that we have a live trial. Yeah, we're on the air. Uh, Court TV is on the air, a live trial in Florida, despite the Florida Supreme Court sending out a notice saying... Um, you know, ixne uxne on the jury trials and, you know, jury service and all of that. There was a trial that was already uh, started. The judge said, let's, let's finish it. So this is the dating app murder trial. It involves a man accused of being part of a group. I guess they were friends, but... I, friends, acquaintances, I think some of the people in the group were closer than others. Well, a lot of them were dating each other and, and you know... It was very interesting. You know, everyone seemed to have a crush on each other. So it was kind of like... Who had a crush? Haley Bustos, who Haley... set up the date with the victim, Adam right. Hilaire. She was dating everybody. She was dating everyone, and everyone kind of liked Haley Bustos, but she was the she was the bait she was uh, the for bait. this scam that they were allegedly setting up where she would uh, go out on dates with people with no intentions of, of, you know, having any sort of relationship, just there to scout out who they could rob next. And she has admitted this because she's testifying for the state and, and kind of uh, revealed to the jury everything. And the defendant that's on trial is on trial for in a death penalty case yeah. because he's the alleged trigger man in all of this. So um, it's, it's a, you know, it's a heartbreaking story because you, you look at the victim, Adam Hilaire, single dad. Single dad, 27 years old, was living with a woman, and I think they just broke up a month before he was killed. So living with this woman, Brianna Harper, she moves out, they break up, and then he's like, okay, I'm going to get back out there. Gotta and get this back happens? Out there. Yeah, and, and it's unreal. He was on a dating app called Plenty of Fish. Uh, which, you know, I've written a lot of stories about this app. Maybe it works for some people, doesn't work for others. But obviously, in this case, it was worst case scenario. It was used for purposes of a, of a robbery and, and a murder. 
And the scene is uh, Adam Hilaire lives in a very small apartment. He has a roommate. John Hun is his name. Mm. And this whole thing takes place in the middle of the night. And he was home alone. And, and John Hun comes home and finds his friend, his roommate's body. Take a listen. What did you do when you saw Adam? Well, at first, I just thought they beat him up real bad. <laughs> I started walking towards him and realized that's not what happened, you know, that I could see, like, everything was going on. So I, I don't know. I was just in shock. What did you do? The next thing I remember is being on the bicycle and being a couple blocks down the road and just, like, where are you going? What are you doing? You got to go back. That's so, what you were thinking in your head? Yeah. Okay. So I turned around and, like, just in total shock, like, all right, let's make sure you've seen what you're seeing. I don't know. My brain wasn't working right at the moment. I've never experienced anything like this. And uh, so I walked in the apartment again and looked at him again. And then I called 911. Extremely emotional. And we've gotten a lot of emotion in this case. And I think it's important because sometimes... Um, Seema, a jury doesn't really understand the reality of what happened. You know, it's it's the old trees through the forest. You yeah. don't you don't understand that. You know, but this jury does, I believe, understands. Adam Hilaire was a real man um, with a real life. Is really missed and was a single dad. And from everything we've heard, I mean, just loved that little girl. Yeah, and she really is out of central casting. I mean, the cutest thing on the planet when you see those pictures. What there's part of this facts uh, that I am confused by, and that is why did Adam Hilaire open that back door? Because Haley Bustos, you know, she goes on the date, then hours later returns to the location. She's in the car with Joshua Ellington, the getaway driver, but Andre Warner, the defendant on trial with another co-defendant, Gary Gray, they go to Adam Hilaire's back door. Yeah, I don't and, know if they break in or they well, figure out a way to get in. It's not really clear. That's yeah, that is still a little because bit not, well, of none a of the witnesses here. who have testified were there at the back door. You've only got Haley Bustos yeah, exactly. in the car. You've got Ellington uh, in in the car. So it's not necessarily clear how they get in through the back, but they obviously do. Yeah, I, and then that's what that's where I'm left a little confused that. Did Adam Hilaire think Haley Bustos was returning? Uh, I think she testified that uh, Adam had let her in or or went in and out through that back door. Maybe there was a key. But again, this is a first date. You would never tell your first date, hope, you know, BTW would right. have a key under Maybe he thought it was his roommate trying to get in, John Hunt. Right. I mean, that's possible right. also. Right. I mean, and John it- Hunt was very compelling and emotional. I just wish he testified sans orange jumpsuit. Yeah, well, that's been a, an issue here for prosecutors throughout, which is this absolute parade of orange that we've seen, uh, every witness. But you, you look at who this group of people are and the, the lives they're leading. You know, you know, some of the orange suits are related to this. Some are not related to this. And uh, for, for the jury, I feel bad because they've got to believe people and they've got to be convinced beyond a reasonable doubt. And Many of the people who are providing the information here have their own legal issues. Well, luckily, 
John Hun, who called 911, the roommate, he had nothing to do, his legal issues have nothing to do with Adam Hilaire or that night, right. which is good. But did you think it was uh, strange also that John Hun said he got on his bike and he left and then he came back? Yeah, I didn't quite understand why all of that. It was a, it was a you know different type story, and, and I don't know. To me, it's not 100% clear. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I don't think anyone will suspect John Hun of this. <gasps> no, no, no. No, nothing like that. I just think that... It's one of those quirky facts in this whole thing. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. My point is that, you know, uh, we heard Adam Hilaire's ex-girlfriend, Brianna Harper, who was, like, really well-spoken and well-put-together and described uh, a very nice relationship and life they had together. And then you have all of these x-factors like Haley bustos was on probation adam hilaire goes out with her clearly he didn't know that he's no. living with john hun who's now in jail I, you know there's just a lot of it's it's sad a bit around yeah, him. It, it, but but it's also sad it, it's really sad i mean at the end of the day the jury's got to figure out what the truth is here and and you've got a defendant who is saying you know what i'm being set up here i'm the fall guy i just happened to uh, you know, make some bad choices in the friends that I've made, but this, this, you know, I had nothing to do with this, uh, and and I don't know if the jury will believe that, but there well, is I, there is a lack of some physical evidence here if the jury's looking for a corroboration. Yes, there is absolutely lack of physical physical evidence. There's no direct DNA of the defendant, Andre Warner tying him to this case, uh, no fingerprints, no ballistics. There's there's really no direct physical evidence, but there were many witnesses and other evidence that circumstantially connect him yeah. to this case. Plus his alleged admissions to people. His, but, yes. But are those admissions coming from sources that are reliable? And that's the challenge for the jury. Well, one source that uh, testified, and I was very excited to see this name on the witness list, and that's Denzel. But sadly, it wasn't the Denzel that I wanted. We'll talk about Denzel after this. Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV. And go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area. Let's talk about the Denzel that testified against Andre Warner in the dating app murder trial. Denzel, not a name you hear a lot. No, and what's interesting is it doesn't, I, I, I was kind of thrown because it doesn't really match his last name either. Rykowski? Yeah. Is that Jewish? I don't Polish? know. I don't know what it is, but it, I, Maybe I, I don't was... think I've ever seen a Denzel matched with a Rykowski before or a Rykowski type name. Okay, well- I didn't know yeah. what to expect. Well, when I saw the name, he, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, yeah, and uh, he was quite a character, that is for sure. And he was one of the friends that hung out in this woman, Evelyn Belmont's home. And Evelyn Belmont's home is really the central location for everything that happened before and after the robbery slash murder, right? Right. She seemed to be some sort of a a ringleader, like a like uh, almost like a den mom of this whole thing. Den mom. As in, Madam Pimp, yeah, sex trafficker, that's a, that's a, yeah, sort of. Yeah, you say den mom like you're making this out to be well, like Mrs. Garrett Bustos, on the facts of life. 
Vinny. I don't know if Haley Bustos get some is, perspective. This is Haley, like is Haley Bustos stuff. a prostitute? Is that what a we're lot to say? of people are saying that? A lot of people are saying that Evelyn Belmont was. But she went bowling. She went bowling with Adam Hilaire. Do prostitutes go bowling? Bowling? Yeah. Bowling? Yeah, Your you don't are go about bowling with a prostitute. You hire a prostitute. Why not? You don't go Why? bowling. Why don't you? Well, what people, world do you live that's in? That's called foreplay. That the prostitute bowling. goes bowling. bowling. Bowling could be foreplay. Why are you so judgmental of how people? Because begin if you're saying Haley Bustos is a prostitute, you're making it you're making it sound, or people are making it sound like Adam Hilaire hired a prostitute. No, he was on a dating app and went on a date at a bowling alley. Bowling alley. All right. So anyway, uh, so Denzel testifies about how he uh, what he observed before and after, and I guess he also had some interest in Haley Bustos. Yeah, they were talking to each other. So Haley's they were dealing with each other. Yeah, I, I don't. It, so she's dealing with him, but he knows that she's on this dating app. But I think he believes it's prostitution. But it's more of the, like this burglary scam uh, slash murder scam that's going on. And and in the meantime, Haley Bustos is also spending time. See, yeah, another word for it with with Evelyn. Evelyn and wait, and did she date Josh Ellington's brother? Uh, yeah, Josh Ellington, and and I believe the defendant also in some of the text messages was trying to make a play on Bustos as well. Really? Yeah. Okay. She's popular. All right. So Denzel talks about... Which, again, gets back to the... Pro if she's a prostitute, would, would a prostitute be this popular? Prostitutes date. Some of them are married. Yeah, but all, but if all these people knew she was a, I, I okay, you I'm just gonna move side. on. Okay, I so move let's on from the let's talk about so so Denzel testifies for the prosecution. He is also incarcerated. Nothing to do with this case. So similar to John Hunt, incarcerated on something else, and uh, he talks about being at Evelyn Belmont's home before uh, they went out to do the robbery. So he saw Andre and Gary Gray. And Haley Busto. So he saw everybody. And who else am I missing? Andre, Gary Gray, but oh, Josh Ellington. So he right. saw everybody. He put the everybody house. together. And he was there with his child, which is so disturbing. Like all these kids and these criminals hanging out. It's so it's so awful. But anyway, and then he says, "Okay, they all go out, and then they come back." Let's listen to what Denzel said on the stand about what this group was doing when they returned. What were they doing when they returned? It was kind of like boasting about it, like it was a successful mission. Was there anybody in particular that was boasting? Gary and Andre. And do you remember anything that they were saying? They was kind of like bragging about um, tying him up. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but... That's what was being said. That's what was being said, and... That he was, like, begging for his life. That term, begging for his life. Vinny, we heard Haley Busto say that. We heard Joshua Ellington say that. And now Denzel. Yeah, this is the part, I believe, that if, if there's a conviction, uh, gets him on yeah. death row. yeah. Because it, it, you, but first you have to get to the conviction. I think the conviction is actually the bigger hurdle here. You know, I think it's a bigger hurdle because, because of, of all the these different people and and the parade of orange that the prosecution has to rely upon. And well, okay, but what about the physical evidence? Because the evidence as it stands right now, uh, 
I think what's the strongest evidence for the prosecution is that Adam Hilaire's hats, and he had these hats that were testified to, Brianna Harper had separate photographs of them you know, way before all of this happened, obviously, with different hats on. Those hats were in Andre Warner's car. Right. That's well, the, really the, the, the defense is saying, though, his car is used by a whole bunch of different people and everybody's fingerprints are in there. And, and you know, is there a difference between uh, receiving stolen goods, whether or not you know they're stolen, and committing a cold murder? But the defense murder? doesn't have a timeline for that. That's the problem. Well, you can't I, just, like, throw I know things. they do. Right. I know they have a problem. I don't yeah. think this guy is, is not guilty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're throwing things like, oh, people have access to the car. But like, fine, that's fine. Tell me when. Tell me right. when those items were in that car and who was driving the car and where was Andre Warner and giving out his car. Wait, this do, is, wait, this, wait, do if you you're not Andre, guilty, this is an alibi yeah, case. Do you think Andre Warner's going to testify? Uh, he may. He may. Uh, this is an alibi case. If if you didn't do it, you, know you should know where you were wait, at the time. You know what's fun about our COVID Court TV podcast episode today? We're watching the television. We don't usually do this. Right, This right. is kind of cool, right? Because we're watching. Um, we're looking at Andre Warner. We're looking at my um, trial boyfriend, Bob Norgard. Did you hear he's my boyfriend this trial? Yeah. Well, that we're, seems to happen we're, we're, in I'm every trial. I'm dealing with Bob. You're, I'm you're dealing. Like, you're like the Haley Bustos of, of Court TV. <laughs> the way you have all these crushes during the trial. I do, everyone. Sometimes there's multiple, right? No, you're right. But I do think uh, the defense has a problem. But, you know, when I spoke to Bob, he, I, I mean, on camera, not off. Okay. Okay, just to clarify. Uh, but when, you know, Bob and I talked on camera, he sa- he's so calm. He's so, like, I am yeah. freaking out for him. I'm like, Bob, what are you going to do, Bob? This is, you're tanking this case, Bob. And he's like, just not worried about it. Wouldn't be prudent. I'm good. Not worried about it. Client yeah. didn't do it. No physical evidence. Yeah. I mean, he, know- he knows his jury. He knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for quite some time. He's very, very competent, but a much different style than many criminal defense attorneys. I would never expect to see him wearing a pinky ring. <laughs> okay, that's true. All right. All right. So up next, we're going to talk about some other great defense attorneys and one of our favorite defendants, Harvey Weinstein, who's now a convicted rapist. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front-row seat to justice. Okay, we have to talk about the Harvey Weinstein sentencing because it wasn't just like any old sentencing. It was quite traumatic. Yeah, and and quite glorious, shall we say. Glorious because of the... Because the, Judge Burke did what Judge Burke should have done. No, no. Why? Okay, why do Which you have to start aggravating me? This, you this. didn't even... You didn't even want this as much time as he got. What are you talking about? It's not what I wanted. It's what I thought would happen. Hold on. Let's set it up. Let's set it up. Let it set it up. Because I was influenced by all you people. Hold on. You people. Defense attorneys. (laughs) Oh, okay. I thought you meant something else. No, you people. Okay, I'm going to back off. I'm going to back off. Um, You know, I take my um, Hinduism very seriously here. I get nervous. It has nothing to do with my statement. Okay. So let's just, 
let's just uh, set this up for the listeners. Harvey Weinstein's sentencing, he was facing a minimum of five years, a maximum of 29 years, was convicted of two counts after trial, criminal sexual act in the first degree, and then the other count was rape in the third degree. So consecutive five to 29, fine. You thought that he was going to get 17. 17, 15 plus two. I thought 10 to 15 total. So yeah. why? So I was closer. So why are you happy about the twenty three? Because I, I I believe he deserved more. Um, you know, you look at the the scale of who's worse. This guy is bad. He he has no redeemable qualities You're at looking- all. He has he was horrible in his statement to the court afterwards. There there is there is nothing. There is nothing that this man can add to society. He is narcissistic. He's a slob. He's disgusting. And he's a rapist. And even in the women There's that he didn't rape. There's nothing in a sentencing he, statute that says disgusting is a factor that the court should consider. Slob is not a factor the well, court should it, consider. What it, what it is is a lack of You're any like mitigating factor. There's nothing that this guy adds to society. Nothing. He adds zero. What? Zero. You, we lose wait, nothing when he gets locked up. Decades, we lose nothing. How do you like them apples? De- you've spent decades watching his movies, so you can't say he is not And by the way, they're not even his movies. Does he write them? No. All well, he does you, is get wait, money for hold them. Hold on, hold on. You don't... First of all, he has written movies. He's edited scripts, number one. Number two is, you know what he was doing He's throughout the trial? He's tortured people for you years. You know what he was doing throughout the trial? Man. You know what he was doing throughout the trial? What? Writing. Good. Good. Good luck Working. with that. Working. Well, what are you talking about? See, this is different. He's not an on-camera person. He could write scripts from his cell he doesn't. and sell them, and he could he could still influence society in that way. You cannot act like a Hollywood icon is worthless. He's worthless. People are complicated. He's a worthless human you're being. Looking at, you're looking at one factor about him. Listen, he may be the devil. He may be Rapist. evil. He's a yep. sexual predator. That's He's raped, is, he's raped women, and he has abused women, and he's used his power. But people are complicated. There, there's different facets to people, and you can't well, ignore. There's nothing complicated about him. You can't ignore. Where are all the people revolution- lining up to speak on his behalf? He to that has, hold on. He has revolutionized the film industry, and he has opened doors for thousands of people, from actors and actresses to directors and filmmakers. You can't ignore yeah, that. After okay. he opened the door, he closed them and took his clothes off. That's what he did. He opened the door to the bathroom, and then when the actress got in there, he closed the door, took his clothes off. Well, that's not, what a, he did. not according to Claudia Salinas. Yeah, well, that's that's the way he operated from day one. He treated people horribly, and you know he got to enjoy all his money and his success. And and yes, Harvey Weinstein, your god, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But those days are over. He's been revealed. I will say this. I will say this. Okay, and and then and I and I want to uh, play something for you, but I. As a criminal defense attorney, I used to always say to my clients, you will get caught. You will get caught. I mean, this is, and maybe it is because I'm a Hindu and I believe in karma, but if you keep doing this, you will get caught. So Harvey Weinstein, justice was delayed, but not denied. Delayed, but not denied. Absolutely. And, and you know, you look at the sentence, you know, the, the difference of, you know, maybe 10 years one way or the other. Um, I just believe that on the scale of offenders, he was on the end of the worst offenders as opposed to uh, someone who might uh, be able to present some mitigating factors. You know, that's not who he is. He was, yes, he was a, a complex person to a certain extent, but he was a bad guy. He treated people horribly. People that worked for him, he screamed at him, and, and, and he acknowledged that. 
He knew he was a jerk to these people. So at the end of the day, when your life is on the line, there's no one lining up to say what a great person Harvey Weinstein was. Okay, well, maybe not what a great person, but certainly the fairness of the trial. Damon Tronis, one of your buddies, loves Vinnie Paulton. Uh, Damon Tronis, one of the attorneys for Harvey Weinstein, spoke out after the sentencing. Let's take a listen. He wasn't treated fairly at all. Let's just call it what it is. Not by the court, not by the jury, not by a lot of you. That's what happened, all right? The evidence in this case, we firmly believe, did not establish his guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. And that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about, we're not talking about anything else than whether there was reasonable doubt in this case. And to say that there wasn't, based on the defense that we put forward, I think is outrageous. And that's how we all feel about and this the case. Pressure came from everywhere. Like, from you, from the public. Not from you personally, ma'am. You've been very nice. <laughs> but from everywhere. Think about it. Think about, we're in the middle of jury selection. There's a flash mob outside chanting. And the judge is saying, well, people outside chant all the time. Well, not when Harvey Weinstein's on trial. Every single step of this case was engineered for this moment right here. And for people not to accept that, I find pretty disingenuous. You might not agree with it, but to say that that didn't play a role, that these jurors who are only human beings who tried to do the best they can, didn't hear what was going on in the media, didn't see what was going on. Let's live in reality. That's where we need to live in this case. I love what Damon said, not just for the substance, but for his passion and his conviction in that moment. Absolutely. I think he's a great advocate. He's a, a great attorney. Uh, but this case, they lost. There is no doubt this was a resounding um, defeat for the defense uh, in, in the overall results of the case. Um, he can say it's unfair. I believe the, the system was fair. But if an appellate court somewhere down the road says it was unfair, that's fine. My guess is he'll still be doing time for the L.A. case, which is going to happen next. That's right. OK, so I, I'm glad you brought that up. The L.A. case, uh, I believe from my sources that they intended to move on the extradition, excuse me, move on the extradition from New York to L.A. quite quickly. But the coronavirus. Coronavirus now, and, and Harvey's chest pains. Yeah, okay, so Harvey's in He may Be have medical conditions. I think he went, yeah, he went to Bellevue, right? He went so back to Bellevue. Bellevue. He went yeah. back to Bellevue. I haven't had an update. So as of now, I think he's still there, but I can't confirm that. Right. I don't know that he went back to Rikers. But I just, you know, just to explain to people how all this works, when you're at Rikers, after you're sentenced, you are expected to go upstate to a prison within 10 days. And this is a pretty strict rule. So I think they were trying to extradite him within that 10-day period so as to not go from facility to facility, blah, blah, blah. Now the coronavirus problem, and he's in Bellevue. So I think what may end up happening, he's going to go upstate. They're going to wait for everything in the appropriate time, and then he'll be moved to California and they don't want to indict him too quickly in California because you know, and then the clock starts ticking. Yeah. Although national emergency, the national may emergency may toll the, the, the clock. That's what they've done down in Florida, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a real issue. Um, but at the end of the day, he's locked up. And I say this all the time for criminal defendants, they hold on to the hopes of the appeal. And the only thing you win in an appeal is a new trial. If, <laughs> if he gets a new trial, you know what I'm, I'm saying it now. What? I am volunteering my services oh, to okay. defend Harvey Weinstein, and I will take 
A lot of PTO. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you'll be the one in charge of, of carrying his walker up the stairs every morning. And ordering Cipriani's yeah, exactly. for lunch. All right. When we come back, another story that everyone is talking about, and it's in court now, uh, but but there's still an investigation going on. Two children missing, and the so-called doomsday cult mom locked up. Big news there in terms of her defense team, the judge, and where the investigation goes next. We'll talk about it when we return. Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV. And go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area. All right, time to talk about a story that uh, I've been following pretty much since it broke on, on our show at night, and now it's become a national obsession for anyone um, who's involved in the world of true crime and following stories. This one is unlike any we have ever seen before. Uh, Lori Vallow Daybell, the so-called doomsday cult mom, is locked up in Idaho. Her two children are missing. Her former spouse was shot and killed by her brother, allegedly in self-defense, and the brother is dead. I love this case, and I love that you've been on top but of wait, it. wait, there's this more. This is the best case ever. And she married, love this case. she married Chad Daybell, who's been writing doomsday uh, novels and books uh, for years. And Chad's she married Chad, whose wife also recently died. And two weeks after she died, oh, so he good. married Lori Vallow Daybell. It's, a, it, it's insane, the fact this pattern. This is here. insane. This is really the... Most interesting. Yeah. Now, also recall that um, JJ, one of the children who's missing, is oh, JJ yeah. and Ty Lee. JJ is the younger uh, boy. Um, Ty Lee is his older sister. Um, he came out of court saying, his word's not mine. This case is bigger than Casey Anthony. Because he, he was telling everyone, remember Casey right. Anthony? And this is bigger. Yeah, no. And Ted Rowland said, "Oh, see, he did it for you." Vinny, yeah. Vinny has I, I a do daily. A lot of, I do a lot of analogies to the Casey well, Anthony no, trial. Well, no, but we have a. Um, it's a point of reference for me. It's like a tip jar every day. Vinny has to mention Casey Anthony. <laughs> Somebody has to put it in there. Yeah, uh, it is true. This case is just. I, I, I don't even. And I also think the visual component of Lori Vallow. You know, when she came into the arraignment, full makeup, hair done, eye rolling, laughing with her lawyers. She is a mysterious and disturbing figure. Yeah, but she's not charged with murder. No one's charged with murder yet uh, at, at all. Those investigations are continuing. All the investigators from Arizona where part of this story took place in Idaho and the FBI all getting together in Utah to, to talk about this and try to get on the same page. Um, but not charged with murder, but she has a defense team, okay? Three members of the defense team at her arraignment, two of them have left the defense team. Do now. we know why? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Why on earth would a criminal defense attorney leave a defense team in what is perhaps the highest profile case right now Okay. in the country? Right. Okay, so number one, money. It could be money because you just have to pay your bills, right? Uh, you know, some people, it is just 
money. Okay. Number two, something occurred that it would make the lawyers uh, it, it violate their ethics to continue the representation. What could uh, and, and and again, all right. So take it away from this case, but but uh, in a hypothetical situation, what ethically would make you have to drop a drop a client? If you knew they were going to lie, okay. If you knew they were lying, uh, what if what if the lawyers know where the kids are? Right. I I mean I think there's just so many complicated uh, potential issues here. And again, I also say this just from looking at her. I, I think she's really like a witch. Well, I think she may be a witch. She's a, a doomsdayer. She believes the world is. is ending in July of 2020. Uh, she believes 144,000 will survive, and she'll be one of the leaders at the second coming. She's one of the does chosen she, ones. Does this mean like they buy a lot of stuff like and hoard? I, I don't know what it means. Because but, I'm personally wondering where all the toilet paper is. Yeah. Because this is what <laughs> every morning I'm just 530. Here, here's my guess, though. Looking for toilet paper. Her and Chad Daybell right now are uh, celebrating the coronavirus. Oh, because, yeah, you told me this. What, say it again. Well, th- again, nothing has come out in any papers, nothing in court. But if you are part of a so-called doomsday cult mm-hmm. and you're under arrest mm-hmm. and you're selling books and you've got people that follow you and you're preparing for the second coming and we're in the midst of a pandemic, I don't see how those two things do not intersect at some point of this of this case. I, I just don't. I, I could see, and again, this has not happened. No one has said this other than me, I believe. But I could see her and her attorneys coming into court and saying, this global pandemic is happening, and it is, this will be at the trial. She could testify. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what's happening out there. This well, pandemic, everyone is dying. My children are in a safe place, and I'm not telling anyone where they are. Okay. Because I'm keeping we, them safe. Listen, last time we talked about Lori Vallow, I'm asking you again. Isn't there anything anyone could do to make her produce those children? I don't think so. She's been charged criminally now with, with, with um, uh, charges related to the desertion of these children, et cetera. So she has a right to remain silent. How can you compel a criminal defendant to say anything? Now, uh, what's going on with her case now? It's been adjourned? It's been adjourned. Originally, there was going to be a preliminary hearing happening uh, this week. That's been put off till May 7th. And obviously, they'll reevaluate May 7th what's going to happen. But she's down to one attorney. And um, she wants to, I guess, have the preliminary hearing. But both sides wanted the delay. And this was unrelated to corona. Both sides wanted a delay. Prosecutors wanted more time to investigate. And the defense wanted more time to go through some of the... um, discovery and, 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 and do their own investigation. But at the end of the day, isn't it easier for the defense to investigate this one? Because you have Lori Vallow Daybell right there and she can tell you, she can tell you everything. She could tell you exactly where the kids are and what happened to them. If she's being honest. Right. That's, that's. And, and, and I think there's, you know, this defendants are often not honest with their lawyers. Yeah. That's a, that's a problem. It that, takes a, a rare problem. relationship. I mean, in most cases, it's 50-50. And she's but- totally bizarre. So who knows what she is telling her attorney? I have no idea. I just- and meanwhile, Chad shows up at court. Okay, so now, is Chad's ex-wife, Tammy, is her death being investigated? Yes. Her body and- was exhumed in Utah where she was laid and to And Alex, rest. the brother. And the, and the brother's death also being investigated, but that's down in, uh, I think that one's in Idaho. And then- 
Lori Vallow Daybell's husband was shot and killed in Arizona. So there's stuff happening in all these different locations. Do you feel enough is being done to find those kids? Is there absolutely. enough pressure and absolutely. urgency? Urgency. There, there absolutely is. They've okay. done everything possible, uh, but it's very difficult because if, if in fact they were murdered and the bodies were left in Yellowstone, oh, God there's forbid. tons of snow there now, and they have to wait for all that to melt. But well, we are praying. But I'm still praying that maybe because of this doomsday stuff, they they've place the children with some people who aren't speaking. And that's that's what I'm holding on hope to in, the, in that one. We'll do that. Anyhow, we'll continue to follow this and everything else because we're going to continue to do this. The podcast isn't going anywhere. Court TV is on the air. We are ready to go. Yes. And if you want to watch us on TV because... You're probably spending a lot of time indoors at home. And listen, we're trying to just provide you with a distraction, something interesting, and really just take you away from that. And the justice process is not only interesting, it's fascinating. Absolutely. Uh, but if you have one of those digital antennas, you still need to rescan it, and you don't have to go And now out- you have all the time in the world. Just rescan right. it. But you don't have to go into a public place to do it. You can yeah. do it in your Privacy home. Of you your do the home. rescanning alone in your room, and you can watch Court TV and uh, we will continue to be here for you. And uh, thanks so much for, for spending some time with us. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Be smart. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.